If you want more from Dee and her sister and partner in crime, Rhonda, check out Switchblade Sisters Social Club, a true crime podcast where two sisters exploit their worst fears for your entertainment. You're welcome. You're listening to We Knew the Moon with Dee Safier, an empath who started a podcast to explore the universe, spirituality, and all things with you woo-woo. Don't forget to check out the website, weknewthemoon.co.uk for all your I do what I want and the moon made me do it merch, whichever excuse you prefer to use for all of your life choices. Hi, I'm Dee and this is We Knew the Moon. As per the format for season three, I've got another awesome guest with me who will be joining me for the next two episodes. And my guest today is Vicky Underwood. Hello. Hiya. So we met. A punk rock holiday didn't we yes three three years ago and it was absolutely amazing it was in slovenia slovenia slovakia slovenia slovenia i've put here in my notes i haven't been to too many festivals in the uk i much prefer the european ones prove me wrong but i think that you agree with me don't you yeah absolutely much much better what is it though it's just more laid back, isn't it? Tim, when we were there, Tim was like, actually, do you know what? There's no, like, agginess and no antisocial, drunken, yobby behaviour. Not even at every festivals, but it was just everyone was so nice to each other and it was yes. clean. That's it. It's also clean. Like, I made the mistake of going um, to Punk Run Holiday one year which is like a festival which got maximum 5,000 people. So obviously yeah, it's much fine. easier to keep it clean. But this is my experience in even the bigger festivals in Europe as well, that they are so much cleaner. And I made the mistake of going there and then a couple of weeks later going to Reading, Ooh. which for a start is just a bunch of like 16-year-olds out for the first time. But it was just disgusting how dirty people were. I think there's a, a more of an onus on recycling and stuff in Europe. Mm-hmm. and they give you money don't they so if you take your bag of rubbish and bag of recycling and they give you like 10 euros or something like that yeah exactly but I feel like people would do that anyways but like Reading Festival I was just disgusted by how dirty people kept their own camping areas and we're not even talking about just like a few cans from the night before Ooh. but just like the oh, grim like, layer that can happen it's just gross isn't it yeah I like watching it while seeing all the before and after pictures. So you get some of Reading and Lees and it's just, just tense and rubbish everywhere. And like you get like a hippie festival, it's just like nothing. Yeah, exactly. So it's, just, it's just about respect, really. But yeah, Punk Rock Holiday is one of my favourite ones. Self-respect and respect for the area you're in and the people mm-hmm. that are around you. I mean, I was thinking like how many rats and gross shit must be coming around <laughs> our tent because our neighbours were so disgusting their food was all out on the floor all night long people leave them like pans of like they've cooked something like outside and I'm always just like what are you it's like, baking there's nature on. here there's yeah. nature like, are yeah. you gonna eat out of that again after it's been in the sun for two days I don't think so oh yeah so okay <laughs> we agreed <laughs> <laughs> so we met in Slovenia punk rock holiday I fell in love with you right away I even remember the first time we actually started talking <laughs> And that was in the queue to get into the festival. Oh, yeah. And then just the whole week we just spent with each other, didn't we? Yeah. Even dressed like me for my birthday. I did, and I can't wait to go back. So this episode, Vicky, you don't know what I'm going to be talking about. No. And so I'm so excited to tell you that I am going to be talking about 
Voodoo. Ooh, voodoo. You do remind me of the babe. (laughs) I even have this in my notes. I can't say voodoo without singing that song. I don't think anyone can. (laughs) No one our age, right? The minute you say voodoo, it's voodoo. (laughs) Now, the reason why I wanted to do this topic, apart from it just being super fascinating to me, it's a little bit personal as well, because I think you know this about me, but my uncle married a Brazilian lady and they moved to the north of Brazil, a city called Natal. And so my two cousins are there and they have five kids between them. They're now starting to have kids. The the largest chunk of my family lives in Brazil. In normal times, I go out there as many times as I can, normally at least every three years. It's gorgeous and it's such a lovely culture. Lots of problems, obviously. And at the moment, they've got Brazilian Trump, but that's another issue. But what's always fascinated me is the religion. Because the culture and the religion is influenced by so many different backgrounds, because you have the native indigenous populations that had their own religious beliefs and their own culture. And then you had the Christian missionaries and all of the Europeans going over there with their Christianity and all their saints and their holidays. And then you had all of the slave trade, which is obviously horrendous, but all of these people from Western Africa and the rest of Africa bringing over their culture and their religious beliefs and their deities and everything and like with what happened here with pagan holidays being merged into Christianity like Yule becoming Christmas and Ostara becoming Easter you know they kind of merge into one to help people convert the same thing happened in Latin America I couldn't get a clear grasp on voodoo because I felt like there were so many different types and now from doing the research I realized it's because there are so many different types because imagine all the different indigenous populations, tribes, and groups of people in Latin America, plus all the different types of missionaries from all the different branches of Christianity coming over from Europe, and then all of the different tribes in Africa coming over. And that's why the voodoo in every single area of Latin America has a very distinctive flavor. And that's why they're so different everywhere, because it is very specific cocktail that made this little branch of voodoo here and this little kind of branch of voodoo here i didn't even know it was in brazil i just you know you think voodoo you think new orleans in my head and like haiti yes i'm gonna go into that because it did reach the southern states as well with a focus on on louisiana The one thing that's quite common across all the branches of voodoo is that there are a lot of deities and spirits. So we've got Brazilian voodoo, and voodoo is also sometimes spelled with a U at the end, with an O at the end, with an M at the end, with an N at the end. So Brazilian voodoo, and yeah, I should probably do a blanket apology now for all of my mispronunciations throughout this episode. (laughs) So this one developed in Brazil and around the Portuguese area in Latin America and the Portuguese areas in Africa. So the Portuguese were bringing their slaves from their colonies in Africa to their colony in Latin America. And then we have Cuban voodoo, which came from Haiti, but then evolved. For example, there's different ceremonies and different dance movements because there's a lot of dance in, in voodoo ceremonies. Cuban voodoo is specifically composed of three different divisions, they call it. Indigenous American division, where the spirits are of American origin, usually the Taino spirits. So the Taino is the indigenous population of Cuba. 
the African division, where the spirits originate from Africa, and the European division, where the spirits are of European origin, so usually based on saints. Because if this idea of having multiple deities sounds a bit foreign to you, it's kind of like in Christianity how we have a main God and then we have all the saints. And lots of people worship the different saints in their own way or do practices to the different saints or have, Mm -hmm. you know, trinkets and necklaces to St. Christopher when they're traveling. So it's kind of like that. It's not that different, is it, really? No. And, you know, in Christianity, Catholicism, you pick your saint when you get confirmed. That becomes your saint and you might celebrate their saint's day. You've got these different branches of hoodoo. And then hoodoo is the one that you find in Louisiana. Wait, hoodoo's a thing? It doesn't just rhyme with voodoo? (laughs) It's not just a lyric. (laughs) (laughs) The practitioners of hoodoo are found in the southern states where obviously slavery was also very widespread, therefore bringing over influences from Africa and the rest of the Caribbean as well. The practitioners of hoodoo are also often called brute workers or hoodoo doctors because they focus on botanical knowledge. It's also known as Creole voodoo or New Orleans voodoo. It basically died out by uh, the early 20th century, but it kind of reinvigorated and reactivated and is now, as I'm sure you know, a huge part of Louisiana and New Orleans tourism. People go see the witch doctor. That's voodoo, isn't it? Yes, exactly. It was practiced clandestinely. It wasn't outlawed, but people were very nervous at this time of any large group of Black people congregating in any way. Right. And so they had to practice underground, really. But what I want to focus on is actually the Haitian voodoo, because this is partly the one that I found the most information on. Yeah. So it came to Haiti in the 16th century, you know, with the slave trade. One of the things about voodoo is that there's no central authority figure. There's no pope, basically. There's just small autonomous groups. And then that group might have like a high priest or a high priestess. Basically, they've got their own churches. Yeah. But they don't have an overall... Headmaster. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So there's this guy called Paul Christopher Johnson, who very helpfully wrote some amazing pieces that I read. And all of these different groups of voodoo, hoodoo, voodum, voodun, are all sister religions. So kind of like, I imagine, how you have Protestants and Catholics and Greek Orthodox. They're kind of like different branches of the same religion right same core beliefs maybe but different ways of practicing yeah in haiti and in these other areas where you practice voodoo voodooism is not mutually exclusive from being a catholic which is the predominant christian religion there so you can go to a voodoo ceremony and then go to roman catholic mass the next day no problem no one bats an eyelid whereas i think if you were involved in voodoo here you know, in the home counties, you might not be so welcome at church. No, I don't think you'd be welcome in most like towns and villages either. So in Haitian voodoo, they do believe in one main God. And this is where the French comes in. They call him Bondier or Bonnier, which is derived from the French for Bon Dieu. Hello. Good God. Oh. Well, that's- <laughs> Bonjour. 
I failed French. Can you tell? <laughs> no way. That surprises me. <laughs> bon Dieu becomes bon Dieu, bonnier. Again, I might be saying the words wrong. So that's their main god. But then there are other deities and spirits that they also believe in. Bon Dieu is in charge of the universe. So he doesn't get involved in the trivial things like humans. So there's no point addressing him directly or approaching him directly. And so instead, you address your prayers and your wishes and your demands to the spirits who are the ones that deal directly with, they're like middle management, they deal with the humans. Now, this made me think back to an episode that I did with Tracy on angels. Right. They also have a hierarchy. So you have the archangels. Archangels? Archangels. Archangels? Archangels. (laughs) (laughs) You have the archangels and you don't address your prayers to them directly because they're busy dealing with God and bigger things. You have the lower ranking angels that you address with your prayers and they're the ones that deal with the human demands and needs and so forth so it's kind of again they're following a lot of the same structures really so they have the main god bon Dieu, and then they have the iwa and there's over 2000 iwa sounds like iwa. No, i'm not saying iwa <laughs> <laughs> i'm now thinking how many ewoks are there um <laughs> And they're the equivalent of spirits or gods in English. And they're also known as ange, mystère, saint, all of these things, the saints, the angels, and so forth. They all pop up in voodoo belief in Haiti. And they offer advice and protection to humans in exchange for rituals. Ooh. Which sounds a bit odd until you realize that that's exactly what Christian mass is, isn't it? Exactly. I thought it was quite cute that each of these Iwa has its own color and its own day of the week and its own object. Oh, that is really cute. (laughs) Like you might involve that color in the ritual. But what made me laugh about them is that they're kind of like fairies in that they anger easily. Like, for example, if you give them the wrong food in your offering, in your ritual, and then they can, they can remove the protection that they granted you. And they can even inflict harm on you, which seems a bit harsh. Or deserving. <laughs> yes, well, exactly. There is an Iwa who seems to be quite high up in the hierarchy. And his name is Papa Legba, also known as Legba. Such fun names. Papa Legba. Say it. Yeah, I'm still very impressed with your pronunciation. Thank you. I'm probably saying all of it wrong. I mean, we don't know. Do we? No. I did try to Google all the words that I was a bit worried about to make sure that I was saying them right, but I'm probably still getting them wrong. So Papa Legba is the protector of gates and fences and of the home, roads, paths and crossroads, including between life and death. Oh, another fact that I found out that I thought was really interesting is that in voodoo, there's no equivalent to Satan. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was quite interesting. That is interesting. Then you have a few of the other ones that pop up in many of the ceremonies. Agwe, who's associated with aquatic life and the protector of ships and fishermen. And you have Azili Frida, who is the Iwa of love and luxury, like her, personifying feminine beauty and grace. Yeah, that's totally me. That's totally you. (laughs) 
she personified as having a love of perfume and champagne and her color is pink and her day is Thursday. So like rituals to her would be on a Thursday, you'd be wearing pink, you might decorate stuff in pink and you would give her an offering of like champagne and a perfume. Isn't that cute? I can get on board with the champagne. I know, right? And then you have the Gede, which is the family of Iwa that are associated with the realm of the dead. What you said, B-Day. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to go back to school for my French tonight. <laughs> so the head of this family is someone that maybe you've heard of, Baron Samdi or Baron Saturday is the translation. So he is the head of the underworld. Oh, right. I'm going to Google a picture of him because I feel like you will definitely recognize the imagery of him. That's not to say that he is bad. I know, because you said there was no... He's not the equivalent of Satan. Satan. He is just the head of the underworld. It's kind of like the ancient Greeks and the Romans. They also had like the head of the underworld. Hades. Um, Yeah. He was just the god of the underworld. Exactly. And death was seen as very much part of the cycle. Oh, yes. Don't, don't people dress up like him for the day of the dead yeah yeah they do sometimes exactly yeah i mean he has got some style right like i kind of fancy him <laughs> yeah he's got a good look he is feared in the extent that people don't want to die and see him right like the grim reaper yes he is so strongly believed in in haiti that there was, I remember learning about this in school and being like, what the fuck? There's a dictator called Francois Duvalier, who was the president of Haiti between 1957 and 1971. And he was the quintessential evil dictator. And he basically played out like he was the reincarnation of this Baron Samdi in order to control the whole nation possessed by this guy's spirit or reincarnated as him that's mad did he dress up like him pretty much (laughs) how long did he reign for from 57 to 71 so like what 15-ish years (laughs) people believed it for like 15 years well it also helped in quotation marks that he had these death squads that basically assassinated any opponents, anyone he, any groups of people he didn't like. Like he was horrendous. He was a dictator. Yeah, and it helped perpetuate this belief that he was the spirit of the underworld. Why did I learn about him in school? He sounds much more interesting than Stalin. See, I'm, I've Google searched it, but I can't tell which is pictures of the dictator and which is pictures of the. Uh... <laughs> so he did a good job. That is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, but he basically just encourage this belief that he was Baron Samdi so that people would be too afraid to oppose him. And people that did oppose him got annihilated. So it was quite easy to believe that he was linked with the underworld. So a lot of the Iwa can actually be linked and and associated with specific saints in Christianity. For example, you've got Dambala, who is a serpent, who's often equated with St. Patrick, who's traditionally depicted in a scene with snakes. Irish St. Patrick. Irish St. Patrick, yeah. So the one that drove out the snake from Ireland. There's a little bit of controversy over whether he drove out snakes or whether the snakes represented something like the pagans or the druids. So, you know, you've got a lot of people in the spiritual world who are not a fan of St. Patrick for that reason. 
kind of like in Christianity, when you're confirmed, you get to choose a saint. The same thing happens if you follow voodoo. You have your own iwa. And that iwa is your mettet, which is short for maître du tête, which is basically master of the head. Your iwa is the one that influences you, that guides you. And the way that you find out who your mettet is is through divination or consultation with a priestess or a priest through rituals and so forth. Eventually you will have this revelation of which of these deities is yours. Can anyone do that? I just want to do it to know which one's my Iwa. I know, right? We should go over and figure this out. Are you suggesting a trip to New Orleans? (laughs) Well, Haiti. (laughs) Haiti, yeah, let's go to Haiti. This belief I thought was quite cute, right? And this is where we start getting into the area where voodoo culture, voodoo religion, voodoo spirituality gets a bad rep. It's to do with our belief of what happens when you die. Because, you know, when you're a Christian, you die and you either go to heaven or hell. You might go to purgatory Mm -hmm. until you get into heaven, but those are your options. That's it. And so if you believe in spirits or ghosts or whatever, that's very anti-Christianity. Voodooists believe that the dead continue to participate in human affairs, which just is actually really sweet. I kind of like that. I think it's the same along lines of what people say, like, you know, when people die, like, oh, they're always still with you. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. I know. But this is where it might tip the scales for how much tolerance the traditional Christians have for this. Because the spirits of the dead require sacrifices. Now, these sacrifices, they might just be offerings. Like you see when you go to like um, Hindu areas, they have a little temple and they have offerings and the offerings might be some fruit or it might even be biscuits or cigarettes. Or they could be animals. It could be animals. Or the belief was that once upon a time, the sacrifices were human. I like how we've jumped straight to animals. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, oh no, not animals. I know. <laughs> you know how like I can watch so much true crime, but I cannot bear if anything happens to the animals. No. 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 So in voodooism, there's no heaven or hell, which is where it starts deviating far away from Christianity. Rather, in voodoo, the spirits of the dead are believed to often complain that their own realm is cold and damp and that they suffer from hunger. <laughs> So they're like, fuck this shit, I'm going back. (laughs) Which made me laugh. So they hang around our earthbound world because they like it more. Oh, that's quite nice though, isn't it? I like it. But then there's also the belief that in voodooism, there is the practice of magic, which may or may not be black magic. Again, I don't really know the line between like doing a ritual, like a mass and having a ceremony and performing a spell. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very... I think... One's, like, prayer. And the other one is an action, I I guess, in my head. Yeah, but when you look at, like, spells, they're basically prayers. They are. Do you know what I mean? I think it depends if they've they've got a sacrifice or not. (laughs) Yeah. The important thing to remember is obviously there's a racial element here that during the time that voodooism was becoming more widespread, 
there was a lot of colonialism, there was a lot of abuse and slavery of, of black people and of the indigenous populations in Latin America as well, and Central America. So this negative view of voodooism is probably quite tied to like the racism that people were feeling towards black people. It's got like a sense of community as well. If it's got like that church, it's just their church and it's probably a good sanctuary. Yeah, exactly. When you're taken out, this is actually what I did my dissertation on at uni was about your national and your ethnic identity when you're outside of your homeland and how it actually gets stronger in some ways and you cling to other people from your background in order to preserve, not lose that link that you don't have from just growing up and being in your homeland. Although there's no like central figure like the Pope, there is in each group, temple, etc. There is like the priests and the and the priestesses. So there is a hierarchical system. And to move up the ranks, there's a series of initiations. And those initiations are secret. They're on like me to no basis. You only find out what's involved when you get to them. And you learn more about the religion and what goes on the higher up you go. So anything like that, I think, gets people a bit nervous. Any kind of thing that comes across as a bit secret society. Scientology. Or Scientology, but that is fucking (laughs) crazy. There's no debate there. Do you know how many times I've slagged off Scientology on this podcast? You've got to be careful, though, because they do come after you. I know. So I just want this to go on record. If I die mysteriously. I know who to call. You know it's Tom Cruise. (laughs) I feel like... I'm an important enough figure for him to handle this personally. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) But yeah, you know, people get nervous about anything they don't really understand. I like this about it. Voodoo's nocturnal gatherings are often referred to as the dance. Because dancing plays such a prominent role in all the ceremonies. And the purpose is because you want to call the Iwa to enter the ritual space and to possess one of the worshippers. So the aim is to get possessed by one of these spirits so that the Iwa can communicate through the person who's possessed and speak to the rest of the congregation. So these rituals can last the whole of the night. And even though there's children there, they made a note that the children are never possessed because that's too dangerous, (laughs) which I thought was quite sweet. But obviously this is something that, again, the Christian religion is a little bit um, anti because in the Christian world, any kind of possession is seen as negative and results in exorcisms. Whereas here in this religion, they want to be possessed. It's desirable. And the aim of the rituals is to get possessed so that everyone can talk to that spirit. So that is quite a big difference, I think. Yeah, I think I've seen it on like, I think it was like Ramesh Ranganathan when someone was like, got possessed. It looked like they were on drugs. In sort of Western culture, we call it like channeling. Yeah. Channeling the spirits yeah. and stuff. Everything that they do, we have an equivalent. Yeah. It's not that different, really. I like their terms that they use, though. So the person being possessed is referred to as the cheval, which is very similar to the French cheval. And it means horse, like the French word. So if you are possessed, you are the horse. So basically the mode of transport of the time. Oh, yeah. And the act of possession is called the mounting of mounting a horse. <laughs> and then what's the other thing that you think of when you think of voodoo? Chicken. 
So one of the other things that I think used to be much more closely associated with voodoo, but that's diluted a little bit, is zombies. I would never have said zombies. Right. Well, zombies, the idea of a zombie originated from some very racist texts about voodooism. Oh, Yes. There's a popular belief that evil spirits can cause a person's death and then occupy their body. Like a zombie. Yeah. So that is the first time this concept of a zombie appeared. They actually scare away or defeat the good angel who you have looking after you, which leaves you vulnerable to this evil spirit, basically commanding you to do whatever they want, which is normally bad shit. Haitians generally do not fear zombies but they're scared of becoming a zombie. They're not worried about other zombies. They're just worried about them becoming a zombie, perhaps because it's a different kind of zombie than what we imagine. Ooh, I'm going to read this. The anthropologist Wade Davis argued that this belief was rooted in real practice. So this idea of zombies, there was actually a practice that involved the bazinga. The Bizango secret society used a particular concoction to render their victim into a state that resembled death. After the individual was then assumed dead, the Bazingo would administer another drug to revive them, giving the impression of resurrection. Now, I've seen this. Have you? In a specific capacity. So <laughs> <laughs> when Lola, my French bulldog, got bitten by a dog, I took her to the emergency vet and they gave her one drug to put her under. And then rather than when you have general anesthetic and stuff, rather than her just like coming around slowly, they gave her another drug that instantly woke her up. What? Right. So I wonder if it's some kind of version of that. The other thing I wanted to look into is like, actually, how many people are there practicing voodooism? Mm. And it's really, really difficult to tell because like I mentioned before, You can practice voodooism and you can have different practices and beliefs and rituals that you perform that are technically voodoo and count yourself as a Christian. It's also difficult because some of these countries like Haiti, they don't really do regular census. Sensei? What's the plural of census? I don't think there is a plural because I think it's a singular word and you can't pluralize it. All right. Okay. So they don't take any kind of annual census or Try to use the word in the singular because I don't know the plural. And also, there's still a fear in some areas to admit that you are a voodoo practitioner. Right. In the areas where there's still prejudice against it, which, let's be honest, there's still racism and all kinds of prejudice. So I'm not, that doesn't surprise me. We have it in this country where people, you know, speak to lots of people who feel uncomfortable saying that they're a pagan or a witch or so forth because yeah. of all the negative connotations that people have when they think of those words. Most Haitians practice both voodoo and Roman Catholicism. Do you want to hear a Haitian voodoo joke? Always. (laughs) There's an often used joke about Haiti, and that's that the island's population is 85% Roman Catholic, 15% Protestant, and 100% voodoo. (laughs) It's not a funny joke. But, you know, it gives you this idea that, like, it's just basically everywhere. It's there, yeah. It pops up everywhere. In summary... Voodoo can be quite confusing because it is confusing. (laughs) It's not just you. And there are so many different branches and so many different deities and so many different words describing the same thing because there's so many different languages involved in this religion as well. African languages, Native American 
languages and then the European languages thrown in there as well. So it can be super confusing to follow it and get a grasp. I view it a little bit like, you know, the word paganism. What the hell does that even mean? That just means like before Christian belief. So it covers as well loads of different beliefs and branches and so forth. If you are interested in learning a bit more about voodoo, my advice is to pick a specific location and do a deep dive in that area because to cover voodoo as a topic on the whole is quite a lot, especially in a short podcast episode. Well, I definitely learned more. Can't imagine that the Christians are actually all that happy in the first place, the original Christian missionaries and the colonizers. I can't imagine they were that happy about their saints being incorporated into African religion. No. I think that they were trying to convert all of these African slaves because they were the white saviors. And the African slaves might have taken bits and bobs and incorporated it into their religion rather than forsaking their religion completely and becoming Christians. I mean, I like the sound of it. If I was in any way religious, I think I'd look into voodoo, voodooism. Vudum. 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 Um, just because it makes a lot more sense. It's more real rather than, you know, always do good. Exactly. It's much more realistic. It's much more mm. accepting, I think, because everyone has the light side and the darker side. I'm not Christian, but I imagine that you feel quite bad about yourself if you don't meet up to that high standard. Yeah. Like you miss church one day. Whoa. Yeah, you're a sinner. You're going to hell. It's like, oh, fuck, I fucked everything up. I can't <laughs> even imagine being Jehovah's Witness where there's a limited amount of places next to God because, you know, our population keeps growing and that number keeps staying the same and there's just no chance. I don't really understand that religion. <laughs> I know that they just don't go to Christmas. No, they don't. Well, they believe that there's 144,000 places next to God. And that's it? So all of the Jehovah's Witness in all of the history of time will be fighting until Judgment Day for one of those 144,000 places. And who came up with the number 144? Oh, I think it appears somewhere in a Bible or religious text. Right, okay. Because I was like, that's very specific. The way you secure one of these spots is through missionary work, which is why they go door to door into other countries. Because the more people you convert, the more brownie points you get. But that doesn't make any sense either, because that's limiting the seats. Because yeah. you're getting more Reducing people on board. Yeah. I mean, if you if you wanted to have a better chance, you'd try to tempt people to do evil, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> well, you get Tom Cruise on there. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be targeted by Scientologists and Jehovah's Witness. So I think what you want is to convert people to be Jehovah's Witnesses, but just not as good as you. And then the other way that you get like move up the ranks is by kind of basically dobbing on people. Oh, no one likes grass. I don't think I do well in that religion. No. No, not the one for us. But voodooism? Yeah, I could, I could be tempted. Yeah. But I think for sure when things clear up, we might have to do a little field trip. I think so. I want to know what my EWAR is. I like the sound of the champagne one, but I'm, I'm not really a pink kind of girl. But I mean, look, I read in there somewhere that there was over 2,000. Oh, okay. So it could be anyone. Oh my God, it sounds like it should be a BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> yeah, which EWAR are you? <laughs> well, maybe we can learn enough about it to make that BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> okay, I'm quite up for that. <laughs> so yeah, that's my, that's my voodoo. 
My Buru Guru. Hi, I have learned a lot today, Dee. Well, thank you for joining me. And I'm really excited because you are going to be joining me for another episode where you are going to be presenting something to me. Do you want to tell everyone what you're going to be talking to me about? I am going to be discussing witches in popular culture. Oh, so excited. He's so excited. Well, everyone, we will see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye. If you want lots more fun, moon info, and all things spiritual, plus our merch shop, please visit our website, weknewthemoon.co.uk. And if you want even more, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash weknewthemoon, and check out some of our bonus content. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at we.new.the.moon, and we're also on Twitter at weknewthemoon1. See you next time!